been in a series for the past year at Glenville, and we are going to just link right on in with Euclid, not skip a beat. And now that the five weeks are over of us being out under that tent, funny, somebody said to me, they were like, Pastor, let's stay out in the tent. I was like, uh, we're in Cleveland. I know it's hot now, but trust me, the weather's going to turn. Now, as far as I understand, it's supposed to be 80 degrees like sometime this week. But we know that's a lie. Come on, say amen. I hope y'all enjoyed these 80-degree temperatures. Wave bye-bye to them now. The real Cleveland is here. Come on, say amen. Thank God we're in the Omni building. Praise God. Nevertheless, the series we've been on is called God is Love. And essentially, and I just want to say this not as an insult, but just so you'll know. Some people are like, what do Adventists believe? And I'll tell you very succinctly right now. Adventists have a perspective from Scripture that basically is summed up in three words all throughout the history of the planet. And it simply is this. God is love. Bottom line. That's what we believe. We believe God is love. And we really feel like that the word of God, in essence, promotes and encourages us to see that reality. Do you hear what I'm saying to you today? So uh, what we did is, is if, if you really want to figure out how to know the Bible, I'm just, this is just simple stuff right here. The Bible's really divided into seven sections. How many sections did I say, everybody? Seven sections. The first section is pre-creation. Before we showed up, before there was an Adam and Eve, there was a God in heaven, and there's something that happened in heaven. The Bible says in Revelation 12, there was war in heaven. So I don't have time to get into that today. Then after pre-creation came creation. Came what, everybody? Creation. Then after creation came sin. We'll call that, for the purposes of alliteration, we'll call that conflict. What's it called, everybody? Then after conflict came covenant. Once we jacked up, God needed to find a rescue plan to get us out of the mess we were in. God is love. And it's called covenant. God showed up to a guy named Abraham and said, look, man, I'm going to bless you and bless everybody through you. And basically, that's God's way of saying, I'm going to save the planet if they're willing to be saved. Are y'all still here? All right. The next phase that we see in scripture is Christ. Christ is, ah, I feel good about this. Uh, just the mention of that word should have made somebody jump up and shout. The Bible says that it is Christ that is the full manifestation of God. Let me say this right now. If you're trying to figure out what God is like, don't look at church people, look at Jesus. <laughs> well, I'm going I'm to ride that horse today. I'm going to ride that horse today. The essence of what we are about is not rooted in some tradition. If there's any confusion about church, religion, Christianity, look at Jesus. Let's do that, amen? Then after Christ, just doing a little history here, the next phase after Christ was, God was like, listen, Christ said, I now need to reproduce myself. Matter of fact, the scripture says, Jesus said this. He says, it's better that I leave. When Jesus was here on planet Earth, you understand, three and a half years, and then he died, then he was resurrected. Now he's interceding. That means praying for us. Oh, come on in here, somebody. He's praying for us, praying for us. So check this out. After that, Jesus said, look, it's better I go because if I go, if I go, then I can multiply myself through the Holy Spirit in the church. And there can be more Jesus on the planet simply by those who declare that they know me and accept me. I can multiply myself in them. Did you hear what I just said? So what we're going to focus on in this season, I got four 
messages. Uh, the, go, move them slides for me because this ain't working. My, my series that I'm going to get on just for the next four weeks is Rethink Church. Somebody say Rethink Church. Rethink, rethink Church. And I want to do the best I can. Go to the next slide. So, so one of the things that I'm noticing about many of us in different areas, for example, my dad called me the other day and I was just remarking just how that's how you know you still got a father because you can be a grown man and you think you're running stuff. You know, I'm pastor in the church. You know, I got kids. My father calls me and whatever he tells me to do, your boy got to stop what he's doing and do it. Come on, say amen. Look, I ain't got brand new yet. Some of y'all got, got brand new. My father called me and he said, look, in 2017 in Alberta, Virginia, we're having our family reunion and I need you to be there. This is not a suggestion. I don't care. I, I know you think you're a big time preacher, but I don't care what's on your schedule. You can be in Bangladesh, South Africa. You better find yourself in Alberta, Virginia. And one of the reasons why my dad is emphasizing this is because he is concerned. He is concerned and has been concerned. I used to hate history until I realized that you cannot know who you are unless you know where you came from. Or where y'all at, black people? Talk to me. I mean, colored, wherever you... One, one, of the issue, one of the issues that we're having right now as a people, and I'm not just talking about, it's beyond color. No matter who you are, you cannot know where you're going. You cannot if you don't know where you've come from. Now, the, now, now, it is similar when you start talking about the church. One of the reasons why there are over 1,500 Christian denominations and over 5,000 religions on the planet, that was not God's intention. I ain't judging nobody. I'm just telling you, and I ain't saying I'm the one. What I'm saying is, is it was not God's intention that we have a thousand different belief systems. But what has happened, follow me now, is this. What the church has done is we have lost sight of how we were formed. We've lost sight of our history. And when you lose sight of history, you have no idea where you're going. And so now we've got a ton of different manifestations of what church is, and it's confusing to people. And I just want to tell you all right now, just look around you. There's a reason why this place will be more packed than some churches on a Friday night and a Saturday night than the church is because people are now anti-church. The reason why they're anti-church ain't Jesus' fault. It's the folks that claim they follow him. It's our fault because we have pushed off a version of church that I can't find in scripture. All right, let me, let me illustrate this to you. In other words, uh, we have taken what God has ordained and we've repurposed it for our personal benefit. So the only, the only way I can illustrate this is I, I, got, I got to show you. So, so um, you know, if you're from the hood, amen. If you're, from, if you're from the hood or if you just grew up in a certain culture, I'll say it like that. I ask you this question. What is this? Huh? This ain't no hanger. This an antenna. The devil is a lie. Hey, let, me, let me help you out there. Turn that bad boy up so like this. Pull them ears up like so. Tilt that boy. Turn to channel three or four on VHS or UHS. Y'all don't even know nothing about that. And then you can get the game. Some of y'all, the first time y'all saw this, y'all didn't even know you could put clothes on it. Its origin was to hang up clothes, 
But if you're not even 35, you don't, as a matter of fact, if you, ain't, if you ain't close to 40, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Any, wave your hand in the air if you at least at one time got ghetto, took you a hanger, plugged it in your TV, and got you a good signal. Throw them hands in the air. What is this? Huh? Thank you, sir. This is a basketball hoop. Oh, it's not? Put that boy right there, snatch the bottom out, and we got ball. Come on, say amen. But I'm, honestly, what else can it be used for? Uh, brothers and sisters, if you're too short, can't get in the fridge, bless your heart. You done got you, and then somebody said they use it as a nightstand. I'm serious, you can work that thing too. If you put a little something over it. Uh, the other thing, uh, I mean, the other thing, somebody said TV stand, but what you say? <laughs> ah. Okay, yo, so, so watch this. Uh, real talk, real talk. I'm not saying, this is not like, I'm not trying to just be flipping. I'm going somewhere. But for real, I didn't know what this was until this morning at first service. I did not know that this was a milk container. But they all over y'all's houses. And don't nobody have milk in it, right? All right. I got one more. One more. So now you know for real. What is this? Huh? He said it's a drumstick. I don't know what house he grew up in. This is, listen, as listen, I, I promise you, I did not even realize that this was a spoon until I went to somebody's house. In my house, see, this is a spoon in my house now, but in my house growing up, it was more smooth like this one because this is a paddle. Okay, y'all playing. This is a paddle that you whoop folks behinds with. As a matter of fact, you think I'm playing. Y'all think I'm bougie. And you know where I got this right here? From my wife's purse. She ain't going nowhere to stir nothing up. She got this in here for Camden and Taylor. What, what I'm trying to tell you is, is, is that if you're not careful, you will use something for a certain purpose for a while till you even forget what the purpose of it was in the first place. That is what has happened to the church. So over the next four weeks, it's just introductory. I'm going to walk through the four stages of church history. Now, some folks are like, I, don't, I ain't trying to get no history. I ain't like history in school. You keep playing that thing, and you ain't going to never know where you're going. You will never know why you are in the church unless you know why it was set up. There are four areas. The four is first, the church was formed. Then, if you move along in history, then the church was deformed. Then the church was reformed, and then finally the church was restored. Go to the next slide for me. All right, so we're going to deal with the formation of the church. Basically, what I'm going to tell you today, very shortly and succinctly, is this. What the very purpose and essence of the church is, and I promise you, you may not have heard it like this before. If you, listen, hear me now. If you're a serious person about trying to do what God wants you to do, and do not begin to walk in what I'm about to teach, then you are derelict of duty and can't really call yourself a Christian. Let's go. Go to the next one for me. So, we already discovered 
that sometimes we shift stuff up. I want you to see this next slide as I get you into the text so we can see what it is. Now, if I ask you what is church, you're going to get the same multitudinous of answers as you would when I put that crate up here. Most folks think church is what we're doing right now. <laughs> or some folks think church is someplace you go to. Well, we just figured out that we can come up in a club. Let's just call it what it is. A lounge, whatever. This is a club. Come on, say amen. And that hardwood floor right there ain't for decoration. That's a dance floor. But bless your heart. It, uh, listen, buildings are not holy or unholy. Get that out of your mind. That ain't biblical. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 18 tells me, stay with me, y'all. Matthew 18 tells me that if two or three are gathered, doesn't say where they are. Oh. Anybody ever been in your car and God showed up? Anybody been in the bathroom and the Lord showed up? Talk to me in here. So notice now, uh, the church can't be a building, but for most folks, they see the church as a location or as a service. They'll say stuff like, we had church. How can you have what the Bible says you are? As a matter of fact, most, the reason why the church is so anemic, that's another word to say powerless, is because we've adopted a location mindset for church. As a matter of fact, let me take you a little further. Can I just get a little deep in the word real quick? Uh, the Bible is basically in two key foreign languages. The real Bible, not, not your Bible. Somebody give me a Bible right now. It, it just not, not a phone. I, I, I'm using the phone today. Ain't nobody bringing work. Okay, praise God. All right, now this is a cute one, but, but this is a, well, I don't know what the version is. Some of y'all be tripping. It's this version. It's that version. I don't know why y'all tripping. The basic thing is this. This Bible is a translation of the original languages. There's basically two. Hebrew, Old Testament, Greek, New Testament. Now, why am I saying this? Because even the word church is not in the Bible. Not the original language. There, matter of fact, uh, thank you very much. The word church, that's right, you heard me say it. I ain't, I ain't meant some words. The word church ain't in the Bible. So, uh, when you read church in the Bible, that is an adaptation of what their interpretation of what Christ meant. You know what church means? Church is a German word that became an English word that simply means location. Now, I'm going to deal with this more next week. There was a man named, you got to know this if you're going to know church history, his name is Constantine. What is his name, everybody? Constantine is the one that coined, that helped coin the term church, basilica. You've heard that before. He coined that term, and the English translators, KJV, said, let's not call it what Christ called it. Let's call it church location, and it was Constantine that started erecting buildings and calling the buildings a church. So that's why they'll tell folks now that you're backslidden if you ain't been to the service. Just because I wasn't at service don't mean I was backslidden. Because if I am the church, how can I leave what I am? Y'all not praying with me. Y'all not even here. Watch this now. The Greek word, the word Christ used, and, and the text that we're going to look at briefly today, is the first text in the Bible that introduces the concept of church. It came from the mouth of Jesus. So if you're going to even talk about church, you have to talk about Jesus. 
Y'all not praying with me in here. In other words, if you ever separate Jesus from church, you've done a dangerous thing. You've created a cult. You've, cre you've created a bunch of mean, selfish people that are only concerned about what they do, where they go, and how they do what they do. How are you going to separate the product from the manufacturer? And this is what I really want to talk about. How are you going to leave? How are you going to leave Christ? Some of us think that when we leave and walking out on church, that we're walking out on people. But the Bible says that the church, watch this, y'all, is the body of, where y'all, so for real, if I leave church, I'm not really leaving them, I'm walking out on him. The Bible actually says that he, in fact, is the head of the church. And, and I don't know how your body works, but, but the only way my arm knows to go up, up and down is not because I told it to, because I can talk and move my arm at the same time. What's causing my arm to go up and down is my head telling my arm to move up and down. In other words, the reason why the church has not become everything that God wants it to become is because somehow or another it's been decapitated from the mind of Christ. And the only way you're going to know what it's about is you got to go back to when it was installed. All right, let's look at the text, and then we're going to go. Is that all right? Go there. Watch this. Matthew 16. And if you're a serious Bible student, you're going to need to know that if, I, if I'm going to start trying to lay a foundation for church, I can't even go to Acts. I can't jump in Acts. I can't start talking about the Holy Spirit. I, that's, that's, I, I done moved out of turn. First place you ought to go is the first place where the word church even mentioned in the Bible. And the first person that mentioned it, what's his name, y'all? Say it like you mean it. What's his name, everybody? Jesus. His name is what, everybody? Jesus. Watch this. Here's the conversation. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 13, if you read with me, it'll, 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 it'll go better. The Bible says, go, y'all. Now, when Jesus came into the district of what? Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? Watch the response. And they said, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now watch this. I love this about Jesus. Jesus is like, so what do people think about me? And they, you know, give their opinions. Nobody says he is who he says he is. And then I watch this. And this is the question God's asking the church today. He's like, okay, who do you say I am? Watch this. If you're going to understand how to do church or be church, you need to answer this question first. Who do you think he is? Who is he? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Who is he to you? One of the reasons why many of us fail in our commitment to walk in divine purpose, the word ecclesia that Christ used for church literally means those that have been called out to assemble for purpose. It was actually a term used for soldiers in the army. I'm calling you out of wherever you are for the sake of purpose. Now watch this, guys. If you are not living in your own divine purpose, then you are not the church. Some of us are living in somebody else's purpose. Watch this. Then Jesus was like, okay, forget it. Okay, who do you say I am? And this is what Simon Peter said. Verse 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the what? Huh? Son of the living God. Uh-huh. And then Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, 
but my Father who is in heaven. He says, watch this, y'all. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my first time ever. First time ever, I'll build my what? And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Again, now pause right there. Let's, let's just pause right here for a second. Go back one slide. So watch what's happening here. Jesus says, who do they say I am? It's like, ah, oh, some say this, that, and the other. Okay, okay, for real, who do y'all think I am? Now, first person that speaks is Peter. Now, if y'all have ever read the Bible, you know Peter is an impetuous, loud mouth, impulsive, you know what I'm saying, first one to speak, last one to listen. That's how he rolls, right? And so he speaks, but this time, he happened to say the right thing. He, he said the right thing. Matter of fact, Jesus was tripping. He was like, oh, my. He said, the Holy Ghost gave that to you. Anybody ever been in here like that before? Where God spoke through you and it shocked you? Yeah. Have you ever been tempted to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing and inadvertently the right thing came out? Yeah. Oh, you playing in here. And some of y'all will take credit for it like it was you. How many can wave your hand, tell the truth, and know that if anything good ever came out of your mouth, forget the one time, how many know if anything ever good came out of your mouth, it was God. One of the first scriptures my wife ever taught my children is that every good and perfect gift comes from God. If you are alive, God did it. If you were nice to somebody today, God did it. If you were kind to your children, God did it. Don't take credit. Stop patting yourself on the back. If you did something right, how many know? If it happened, it was nothing but God. How many praise him right now? Because you know what you would have done. How many almost smacked somebody upside the head this week but God? How many almost cussed somebody out but the Lord gave you something else to say? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, listen, I'm not trying to pump you, but I thank God every day that he holds me. I thank him that he keeps me. I'm thinking that he controls me when my flesh wants to go crazy. If it had not been. The Lord was like, Peter, where did that come from? That wasn't you. Funny thing is, if you keep reading down the text, in the same conversation, he rebukes him and calls him the devil. He says, I rebuke you, Satan. That was to Peter. Watch this, y'all. The key to this passage of scripture is this. He says, go to the next verse. He says, first introduction of church. I'm getting ready to go home. He said, uh, I'm going to build my church on that rock. Now, this is crucial. There are a lot of church systems. Let me just go there. Roman Catholicism, no disrespect, teaches that the Pope is the successor of Peter. And that when Christ said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, they believe that the church is built on the rock of Peter and all the popes are successors of Peter. He'll be here in two weeks. Don't kiss his ring. Don't bow down to him. Don't get excited. It's just a man. Come on, say amen. amen. So watch this. Watch this now. So watch what happens here. He says, look, upon this rock, what rock? The same rock that you just mentioned, Peter, when the Holy Ghost told you something that you couldn't have said yourself. Or what did I say, Lord? You said that I am the Messiah, the son of the living God. I'm talking about being built on that rock. Understand, y'all, the church, please don't miss this. I love this part right here. The church 
is built on the rock of Christ as Savior. You ain't done nothing wrong. That's why you ain't tripping. The whole purpose of the church cannot be disconnected from the fact that Christ is trying to save folk. Uh, there are three kinds of churches that I heard. You got a shouting church. You got a studying church. And you got a serving church. See, the shouting church, they just love to shout. They ain't concerned about study. They ain't concerned about serving. They just want to have a good time. Then you got the studying church. They get proud based on what they know. And they get life based upon what other people don't know. So they spend all their time trying to study so they can show they know more than everybody else. Neither one of them is the right church. The real church is the serving church. And see, watch this. A serving church, oh, y'all believe A serving church knows how to shout and study because now they have something to connect their study and their shouting to. The best shout is not when you get your breakthrough. The best shout, some of y'all don't even know this, so I'm going to praise him all by myself, is when God uses your sorry behind to serve somebody else to lead them to Jesus. Have you ever been in one of those moments where God used you and God used you to change somebody's life? That'll make you shout. That'll make you dance. There is a purpose that must be connected with our worship and with our study. And one of the reasons why you don't know the word is because you ain't never trying to share it. Can I tell you why I know the Bible? Because I got to give it every week. When I was in seminary, I ain't study for real. Real talk. When I was in the seminary, when I was getting doctorate, all that. Psh, look, listen, you'll study when you roll up on somebody and say, God ain't real. Or somebody challenged you on a text that you thought you knew. And then you realize the only reason why you quoted that text, because you heard your grandmother quote it. But real talk, you don't have no idea what it means. Just like you run around here saying church is a building. The devil is a lie. I'm the church. Come on in here, somebody. You the church. So it'll make you study. We need a serving church. But watch what Christ says. He says the foundation, y'all, of church is built on Jesus. If Jesus and church ain't connected, how many of y'all sick and tired of going to places called churches with people calling themselves Christians? And I'm telling you, there are whole denominations who spend their time shouting or either serving or studying, and they've not learned to mesh the three together, the foundation, what rock does Christ build his church on? The rock that he builds it on is for the Son of Man, Luke 19.10, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. When the church begins to grow cold, when the church begins to grow judgmental, when the church begins to, when the worship becomes monotonous, it is because God's people simply want to show up, get sealed up, and then go home and do nothing. But I, I'm, listen, I don't need this to get my blessing. I'm telling you, I've learned that. I have learned that I don't need to come in here to get something to pump me up six days a week. Let me tell you what comes out of me when I come here. I happen to Sabbath. Sabbath doesn't happen to me. Sunday, I'm getting fired up because he blessed me. Monday, I'm handling my business with God. Tuesday, y'all not praying with me. By the time I show up here, I've got an explosion of worship. I've got an explosion of praise. And then when I'm done, I'm not too tired to go help nobody. I'll spend all Sabbath afternoon feeding the poor. Y'all not praying within me in here. Giving away that which God has got. That's church. 
Some of y'all feel guilty if you don't come to service. But some of you ain't never been service. No, seriously, we have people in here right now who get really guilty because they didn't come to the service. But they feel no guilt when they walk past people every day that need ministry. God has given you gifts and talents. You don't use them. And you don't even feel bad about it. You are going to hell and don't even know it. Talking about I'm saved. If you're saved, tell somebody about it. The Bible says when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will be witnesses. It didn't say you might be a witness. It didn't say, it didn't say that when you feel like it, you'll be a witness. See, listen, the thing about this, watch this, y'all. See, doctrine did not push Pentecost. Uh, what I'm talking about is when the church had that explosion of the Spirit of God and they went out and saved many souls. See, some of y'all don't even want to receive this word because you're too busy like, when are you going to preach a me sermon? Pastor, I need a blessing. Pastor, I need a move of God. Pastor, I need this. And I'm telling you, well, this is what I've learned. I'm not trying to come down on you. I'm just telling you this. The Holy Spirit has shown me and my wife especially that when our focus is on others, God takes care of us. My church is going to be built on Christ. Christ is the solid rock. Now, last, lastly, now I love this. He says, and the gates of hell. How are you going to leave a group of believers that the Bible predicts couldn't even be stopped by hell itself? The reason why hell is prevailing in your life is because you ain't church. When you become church, here's the promise. I'm going to build it on the right foundation. Matter of fact, you know, some people say, well, it's Peter. Because Peter's name means stone. You know what Peter's name really means? Rolling stone. You know why God did not build the foundation of his church on us? Because we're rolling stones. No, not in the 60s way. I'm talking about you're a rolling stone in that you can't be counted on. Can you imagine, can you imagine if God just entrusted the salvation of the world only, only to us? Wouldn't nobody go to heaven. You wouldn't go to heaven. Your family be lost because we're so unstable. Uh, most, I was listening to a preacher the other day. He said, we're so temperamental that if the music ain't right, we ain't going no more. People were killed for the faith. And y'all tripping nowadays if they decide to dress up or dress down. Show me a text in the Bible where Jesus was getting all bent out of shape about the stuff most of us get bent to shape out of. Well, what day they worship on, how they praise, what, how they, if they order a service, uh, what do they do, who do they call, is pastor, bishop, reverend, what is he? Uh, I, don't, I mean, all that stuff you're getting caught on. My question is this, is Jesus there? And is he in his people to the extent that they're trying to help folk? Oh, some of y'all sit around here because y'all know some stuff, but y'all don't help nobody. And you think you're the church. The devil is a lie. You cannot be the church and be still. A church is a movement. The, chur the, you the church is not something that is sedimentary. It does not sit still. Anybody glad today that Jesus keeps looking for folk? Can you praise him right now that the church got you where you are right now 
not because it sat still, but somebody knocked on your door. Somebody helped you when you need to. Have we got any witnesses in here that ought to praise a moving God? A God that doesn't be still. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. So pastor, what, but prevail is an offensive term and gates is a defensive tool. That don't make no sense. How do gates not prevail? Understand now, the word gates is really a terminology of power. This is what God is saying. That the power of hell, watch this y'all, is not more powerful than the church. Man, go ahead and play. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, is anybody ever been attacked by hell before? Anybody got any hell in your life right now? Here's the promise. Here's the promise, y'all. Listen, I don't care what you are facing right now. This is why I ain't leaving the church. Because if I leave the church, the gates of hell are going to prevail against me. Y'all didn't just hear what I said. I'm not talking about leaving a building or a denomination. I'm talking about I ain't going to leave Christ. Some of y'all not really in church. You ain't really feeling it because you didn't even know that church is more than the people and more than the service. Some of y'all need to get replugged in the church right now. I don't know who you are. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. I mean, some of you just, church is something you do when you feel like it. But brothers and sisters, I praise God for his church. I praise him that it's built on a foundation of soul saving. So you got to know that you were lost in order to appreciate God's tool. And, and, and here's what really blows my mind, that God would even use another human to help another human find Jesus. When, when you know you got junk, stuff, mess, issues, you, you helping people getting set free and you in bondage, y'all, y'all. Only in the church. I love what Ellen White says. She says, the church is a theater of grace. In other words, uh, this, this, is, this, is, this is where grace is demonstrated. If, uh, if, there's, if there is a key word to church and how it should happen, that word is grace. It's, it's grace. Uh, the Bible says you're a royal priesthood, a, a chosen generation. And watch this, y'all, ecclesia, and he's called you out. Anybody been called out of some stuff? Anybody being called right now? Do, do you not have a call of God on your life? I call more than just to praise him. I call more than just to attend the service. But has God not called you to do something? Do you not have a story to tell about God's saving power? He's called you out of darkness into this marvelous light to show forth the praises of him. Anybody here glad for the church? It has its issues, no doubt. Uh, no doubt, they did. I mean, we got good folk and bad folk in the church, but for real, we don't really have no good folk in the church. The Bible says all of us are unrighteous, all, all have sinned. And, and, and somebody asked me, said, Pastor, who's the church for? I said, Jesus answered his own question. He, he said, uh, in my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. What are we trying to do here in Euclid? We're just trying to show the love of Christ. We, we want Pookie, Ray Ray. We want the drug dealer. We want the pimp, prostitute. We want them up in here. I don't care what they have on. 
I don't care what they got on. I don't care what they smell like. They can step out and get a smoke. It ain't going to bother me. I just want them here because I know that when they come, not in the building, but when they come amongst God's body, something special happens in the presence of folk that have been, that have had the gates of hell to prevail, but they have not. Oh, have I got worshipers in here right now that can at least say, I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God that I survived some stuff I shouldn't have. Lord, have mercy. Anybody can just get buck and praise him because you know that you know that you know that if the devil would have had it his way, he would have killed you. But God, uh, who is rich in mercy, look past your thoughts. Saw your knees. If you're grateful, stand to your feet right now. If you just, if you just thankful that there is a church, that there's a people. They're, they're not perfect, but but they got stories. Before there was AA, there was a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 stole the mission of the church. The church is a bunch of beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. That's that's why we're here. That's why we're here. There may be somebody here today. You you've been disconnected from church. You know the word was for you. I don't need to really multiply words, but if you need to get plugged into church, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Get it plugged into a family that is attached to Christ. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, do you need to get connected with Christ? And don't trip on the church. Jesus died for this thing, man. Well, he created this. Don't get mad at the manufacturer. No, 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 no. People are not the problem with the church. If you got a problem with the church, you got a problem with Jesus. It was his idea to bring a bunch of strange folk together from different walks of life and different socioeconomic statuses and, 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 and different belief systems. It was his idea to, to pull them from the east and the west and, and the north and the south. It was his idea to pull them from Euclid and East Cleveland and, and Maple Heights and, and Glenville. That was his idea. That wasn't my idea. It wasn't the pastor's idea. Whose idea was it, Lord, to let these folk in the church? It was Jesus' idea. He said, whosoever will, let them come. It was his idea. Don't get mad with us. Get mad with Jesus. He ain't listen, if he didn't say whoever, you wouldn't be here. Is there anybody that wants to get back in church?